kids downstairs. So you can feel free to do that. Thank you so much for being here. We love kids. Hey, we love to see the babies and hear the babies. Amen. I grew up with, uh, I basically went to church as a baby on up. And uh, it was no problem. If I got tired, I just slept on the pew. I just slept on the bench. I just slept on the, or next to mom in those days, you know. If we acted up, we got taken out. But, you know, whatever. It don't, it don't bother. I can preach through anything. Kids, you're welcome here. So, you guys look great. You look great. That's okay. You can, look, you can, you can receive that. Trust that you've been savoring, savoring his presence. We went to a service in Florida and uh, they go quite long. In fact, that Sunday they didn't, they didn't have, they, 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 they decided to hold their message for for next the next week. I like that. It's all about the Lord. The disciples were hoping they weren't quite understanding all the things that Jesus was talking about. Let me say this. We don't have to understand the whole Bible to be saved. But we start with accepting what Jesus has done for us. Believing on Him. Believing in Him. By the time we get to John's Gospel, chapter 20, Jesus had been dead. Temporarily. It's a great day for the church, friends. But we are celebrating the victory that is to Jesus who conquered sin and death. For the wages of sin is death. We deserve death. We deserve separation from God, but but, but God being rich in love and mercy sent His Son. It was on the first day of the week, John's Gospel, chapter 1, we read this, Mary Magdalene came early to the tomb. She was the one who Jesus had delivered her from demonic oppression. Thank God. She was never the same. 
you read on, you see early they came to the tomb because it was Passover time and now they could go ahead and do their work. But they were, ex- they were expecting to find Jesus' body. It was still dark. And they saw the stone already taken away from the tomb. So she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and sent to them. They have taken away the Lord. What she was thinking was in the natural. She assumed there was someone who stole the body of Jesus. And I don't know where they laid him. Think about the, just think about her for a moment. I don't know where they laid him. Then it wasn't very long. Peter comes running. Verse 3. He went forth, the other disciple, that was probably John, and they were going to the tomb. The two were running together. They're running and running. They're excited. The one runs ahead of Peter, came to the tomb first, stooping in. He stoops in. Looking, he saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Simon Peter, therefore, also came following him and entered the tomb and beheld the linen wrappings lying there, the face cloth which had been on his head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. How did this happen? Jesus comes to life. Begin to take off the wrappings. Places it in this place. Places it in this place. And he is alive. And he lives today. He lives forever. He's at the right hand of the throne of God. He's interceding, ever liveth, the intercedeth for us. It's a breakthrough for the church of Jesus Christ. No longer do we have to offer animals for our sacrifice for our sins, but Jesus Christ becoming the once and only sacrifice that takes away all sin. No matter how much we've sinned or fallen short of the grace of God, no matter if we sin once, it's enough to keep us separated from God. But by the grace of Jesus Christ, we can come to him. You see, this life that we live, you and I live right now, we're going to see in just a few moments, it's a life to live, we live by faith. So, the disciples were still not getting it. By this time, they were sort of kind of keeping the profile low, they were kind of hanging out, kind of flying under the radar, not wanting to be you know, notice that they were with Jesus. And so we skip a little bit further into the chapter. 
And it was several days later, actually, verse 26, after eight days, you know, he first he showed up to them in verse 19. And they were uh, amazed. He just shows up. He doesn't open the door. He just shows up. He has a heavenly body. Isn't it going to be wonderful to have a heavenly body? And he is not restricted by objects, by things. But he shows up. In verse 20, when he had said this, he showed them both his hands, his side. The disciples therefore rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus therefore said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I also send you. And then he says this, And he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. What do you think happened? The Holy Spirit began to open their eyes to the understanding of who Jesus is. And so, friends, today, without the help of the Holy Spirit, we cannot understand the truth as we ought to. But I'm here to say to you that the Lord himself said to his disciples, it is better that I go away so that the Helper may come. And so Jesus sends the help of the Holy Spirit. This was just the beginning. This was just sort of, sort of a, something to get them started. The real experience came later in the book of Acts. And you know, was it was the upper room experience where the Holy Spirit filled that place, filled those people together with power to go out and proclaim the things of God. For you and I today, are, we're, we're only, we're powerless without the Holy Spirit. But you and I today can receive power until the Holy Spirit comes upon us. And I really believe that we can have more of Jesus because the Holy Spirit does not limit himself. He does not hold back. He, he sees your heart. He sees your hunger and said, there's a heart in whom I can fill. There's a heart who is humble. There's a heart who is seeking after me. Therefore, I'm going to bless them. But Paul wrote these words in 1 Corinthians 15. He says this. It's really about the resurrection. Paul was explaining to the church verse 13 of chapter 15, he says, But if there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is vain, and your faith also is vain. What a doomsday it would be if Jesus never rose from the grave. But we're here today to celebrate that there is a resurrected Lord. There is one who appeared to the disciples. And then he appeared, it says, to 500 at one time. Why do so many people in the world yet to believe? Because the enemy is wanting to deceive people, keeping the truth 
keeping people from the truth that Jesus is who he said he is. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. And today I would like to believe with you that there is a breakthrough for the church that happened so long ago. But I hear, I want us to understand that that breakthrough can happen again, that it can happen in our circumstances, that the things that look so so bleak and so, so conflictive and so impossible. How many believe there can be a resurrection? Hallelujah. That the Lord himself will come upon the scene and into your circumstance and begin to breathe a newness of life that I don't know what it is exactly. I don't know how to explain it, but it is the power of the Holy Spirit that brings life. You can try as hard as you can in your own flesh. And kings, as you read in the Old Testament, those who tried to make it go, and they'd add other gods, they'd add, they would add other religions, they would begin to add the world. It went sour. The nations begin to waffle. But Jesus is here today to say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that there he is calling us to be disciples, followers of him. And Paul himself, as he was at one time in his life, he was trying to do what he thought was right for God, and he was destroying Christians for their faith. And it was the Lord himself, the Lord himself, that came and met Paul on the road to Damascus and began to open his eyes. Yes, his physical eyes were blinded, but his spiritual eyes were you know what? That gives me hope. That gives me hope for our nation. That gives us hope for people that we love. That gives us hope for our children and their children to come. So the Lord should the Lord tear. You know what? We can we can begin to sink really fast if we begin to look at only the stuff that is not right. And there's a lot of stuff that's not right in the world. But there is one who knows how to fix the stuff that's not right because he knows how to, to penetrate the heart. He knows how to convict people of sin. The Holy Spirit's gentle. At times, the Lord can get and will get seriously. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all might come to Christ. Paul went on later to live a life of firebrand for, for the Lord. And he's the one who said these words, I have been crucified with Christ. He identified the death that he himself in his own self, his own lifestyle, his own living. It was no longer he that was in control, but Christ now, Christ, the one who loved me, the one who died for me. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself out for me. Did you know, did you ever consider what it means when you get to Hebrews? What did Jesus mean when he talked about well, the writer of Hebrews describes that the Lord counted it all joy 
he, he, he saw the cross. He was on the cross. And who for the joy set before him, he, you know, he, he, he let it go. He forgave even the people that were crucifying him. He looked with a heart of compassion, saying, they don't know what they're doing. You know that Jesus gave himself up. He gave his spirit up. He allowed himself to be broken for you and I. And so therefore, we know in Hebrews 11, it described that there is a faith that goes past the circumstances. Assurance of things hoped for. Going past what we can even see. But going into the, to the word of God and saying, this is what the Lord is saying to us. And this is what I'm going to believe. And so by now we can begin to understand what, is, what does it take to get faith? What is it, what do we have to do? Romans 10, 9 and 10. This is a good place to start. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart. That God has raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. We're not working for our salvation. The works follow our salvation. He fixes our want to. Well, I don't want to go to church. Yeah, some days the, the old flesh kind of wants to get. I don't want to pray. You know what? That's what I need to crucify my flesh. As we finish this passage, you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved, for with the heart man believes. I want you to make this connection. With the heart, with the heart, man believes. You go from, yes, there, there, I've heard of Jesus, but I've never confessed him, I've never asked him, I've never really believed uh, you know, I've never really taken the time to invite him in. That's the first step. Invite him in. You don't have to understand it all. All, you, all we, we know at first and foremost that I can't save myself. Therefore, Jesus dies. He saves. He's resurrected because of his resurrection, his, his power, uh, his conquering over sin and death. We now become righteous before God, we now become accepted in the, into the presence of the Lord. We are now one of His. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Notice the, pot, the pattern. You confess with your mouth. You confess with the heart, your mouth and you believe in your heart. 
that God raised Jesus from the dead. You shall be saved, but with the, man, with the heart man believeth resulting in righteousness. You don't have to be You don't have to wait till that opportunity is perfect. You can start any moment, any place, any season in life. And maybe you've prayed this prayer some time ago. Maybe you've Life has gotten crazy and life gets busy. You know what? The Lord knows all about it. He doesn't condemn you. It's never too late to renew your heart before the Lord. Oh, yes. Life can get crazy. Seasons come and go. But you start to think back, well, Remember when we did this. We remember when we did these things. We remember when we, you know, it didn't hurt to jump off the barn or a jump out of the hay mow or, you know, if it wasn't too crazy high. Now I'm just speaking. Just, some of them hay mows, don't, don't do that. But growing up in the farm, we had certain responsibilities and we had certain things. Life was busy. Everyone had to do, do something to help and contribute, make a living. But it always went better if we would find time to seek the Lord. And all of a sudden, our, our hearts were lifted. I can remember piling into an old 60-something Ford single cab. I don't know, we must have had six of us. Five, six. Shove us in there. We'd be sitting on each other, and away we went to church. If that's all we had to drive, that was that was all. That was it. We 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 always mom mom would always try to get us to church because something happened in her heart, and she understood that if her family is going to have a chance at all to make it in this life. They're going to need to know the Lord. So she would bring us to church. And I remember as a young boy, kneeling at something like an old-fashioned altar, crying and sensing Jesus coming into my heart. I know it's different for everybody. Wherever... Maybe you can remember, maybe you can't remember. Maybe you just kind of grew up and grew up into the faith. That's okay, wherever you're at. What I'm trying to say is this, it's never late to say, Jesus, I want you. And I can't help believe that Jesus, when he was on that cross, could look into the future and see people's of all tribe, tongue, and nation gathering around the throne room in heaven. Because that's what he came for. That's why he was willing 
to come down for us. The future, friends, in this life is only bleak without God. But with God, there is a future. With God, there is hope for you, for your kids, and for their kids, and for their kids. Because if we'll live the, the, the way of faith, what we want to leave as an inheritance, what we want to leave as an, as an example. Well, mom and dad, they used to pray. Or I remember when so-and-so said this, that the disciples remembered what Jesus said. The disciples were wrestling with head knowledge, understanding, getting Jesus in their heart. And that took place. Eventually it took place. Eventually it kicked in. And Jesus would he could see the heart of every, any person when he was on the earth. And he understood that these people were, were just coming to him because they had needs. They had physical needs. But Jesus was compassionate. And he would heal. And he would deliver. And he would open the blind eyes. And these poor people would go away rejoicing. But he knew also that they would need the help of the Holy Spirit and they would need to know Jesus in a real and tangible way. The Easter is more than just a, a holiday to me. It's more than just a holiday. It's a holiday, yes. But it is the foundation. It is the backbone. It is that which we stand only. And Paul said it. If Christ wasn't resurrected, why even go out and go to church? Why? It's in vain. Can you imagine living in such a Thanks be to Jesus. He gave us a reason to get out of bed every day. He gave us a reason to show up on, at the job on time. He gave us a reason to invest in missions, invest in your children, invest in your grandchildren. Well, I've been praying this Sunday been praying for this service. For some of us, we've had a tough year. How many? Come on. Or it's just a tough season of life. Unexpected news. It just seems like you can't get over the mountain. There's brokenness. 
its troubles. I want to have a fresh vision. Jesus. Can you imagine being one of those disciples when Jesus appeared? Jesus. Thomas, he kind of held back. He, he, he wasn't there the first time Jesus showed up. Thomas kind of held off. He just, you know, I'm not going to believe unless. It's okay. He wanted to make sure. But when he saw Jesus, I read you the verse, John's Gospel 20, verse 29. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God, Jesus becomes your Lord. He's not just their God or their Lord. He's my Lord. There's something that happens. It's it's settled. It's sealed. And then Jesus says to him, because you have seen me, have you believed? Now he says this, blessed are they who did not see. Blessed are they who did not see, yet they believe. That's you and I. Blessed are those who will come later when Jesus was praying for his disciples. He prayed also that their faith would be strengthened in the hour of temptation, in the hour of testing. Hallelujah. Mm. Why does God test us? Why does God allow trials? I'm not saying he makes them for us. That's his life. We go through stuff. Jesus wants us to seek him first. And all these other things shall be added. Every day has enough trouble of its own. Come back, we're going to sing that song. He conquered, he conquered, he conquered, and he's going to keep conquering. He's going to keep you in his hands as you continue to believe, as you continue to trust him. You're going somewhere. There is never going to be another trial. There's never going to be another tear. There's never going to be no sickness. There's never going to be another temptation. It's all for his kingdom. It's all because of who he is. It's all because. Let's stand and sing in conclusion. To-